0: The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air, and it's time to do some Monday morning quarterbacking with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach, and former Wildcat signal caller, Freddie Maggard. Live from Wild Eggs in Lexington, it's time to send your questions to Freddie. Tweet at leach report or you can email to leachreport at gmail.com and you can always call toll free at 877-904-1080 it's all wildcats all the time served up on the monday morning quarterback edition of the leach report at wild eggs now here's tom and freddie Hello, everybody, and welcome
1: in to our Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report on location today at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. We switch between here and Hamburg each week, and uh, last time we were here a couple of weeks ago, we had um, two or three uh, different Wildcat fans came up, said hi. So, if you are here, uh, we encourage you to do the same, and we'll be visiting with you over the course of this hour to. Unfortunately, I have to talk about a disappointing Saturday at Kroger Field. A 14 3 loss to the 5th ranked Georgia Bulldogs as we lead into our Wildcat news of the day. And by the way, if you have questions, you can email leechreport at gmail.com and uh, we'll get those to Freddie. And also, you can tweet me at Tom Leach, K Y, uh, here on location. The uh, personal Twitter is probably the best one to use. So, uh, I really just frustrating day I think for Kentucky fans because uh, defensively Kentucky played well enough to stay in the game in fact I went back and looked this morning the uh, 14 points that Georgia scored uh, they've only had one game since late 2016 where they had fewer than 14 points and that was in the SEC championship game loss to LSU last year so uh, the uh, the defense uh, played uh, really uh, well enough to give them a chance but Kentucky has scored three touchdowns over the last 12 quarters of play with its offense, and they've got to find a way to, uh, I think the, the fan frustration is get the ball down the field more, uh, and not only more often, but, more, but with some success as well. They had a, a plan that gave them a pretty good running attack against a Georgia team that gives up 66 yards a game rushing. Kentucky's Chris Rodriguez ran for 108 yards, Kentucky was plus one in turnovers. Special teams play was solid, but they couldn't create any big, what the coaches call, chunk plays. They had one play that went for 20 or more yards uh, and uh, don't think they score. I think they ended up turning the ball over at the end of that play or end of that drive. Georgia had three plays for 20 or more yards, so Kentucky you know kept them held down as well, but of Georgia's three plays, they scored a touchdown as a result of two of those on one drive. Um, So we'll uh, break it down with Freddie over the course of the show. A few other things. Damian Collins committed over the weekend, 6'10", 200-pounder. Once they put a little more beef on uh, that frame, he's going to be quite an exciting player out of Texas uh, for this next class. Uh, Collins, in his commitment, said Cal told him that he sees some of Anthony Davis's qualities in him. I like Uh, with Isaiah Jackson in particular in this latest class, and then now Collins in this next one, guys that are uh, long, active shot blockers. And I think uh, you think back to Cal's uh, best teams, whether it was Davis, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, you know, the, uh, the group initially with, with Cousins and Patrick in the first year, Patrick Patterson, Kentucky's best teams are the ones that blocked a lot of shots, that blocked the most shots. And I think this is going to be a really good shot-blocking team this coming season. And with Collins, they're on track to uh, do that the following year as well. Reports say that Avery Williamson is going to be traded to the Steelers. Hooray for Avery. <laughs> he gets... Released from the New York Jets, he goes from one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best teams in the league, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, thrilled for Avery if that does indeed come through. And it is Breeders' Cup week here in the Bluegrass as the World Thoroughbred Championships will play out at Keeneland on Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, a very limited number. Of fans, it's just going to be only uh, tickets are for owners and breeders of the horses uh, and sponsors. But um, the, uh, the event will come back here, and fans will be able to attend in a couple of years. But still, an exciting uh, week leading up to the bi- all the uh, championship races on Friday and Saturday at Keelan. The weather's supposed to be ideal, um, improving basically each day as we go toward the weekend. And they'll draw for post positions for the 14 races today. And uh, we'll uh, we'll touch on that tomorrow. Uh, really stellar lineup uh, shaping up for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at tomleechky.com We're heading to a break. Freddie Maggard's here. It's the Shuffle Bean Coffee, Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. Wild Eggs voted the number one breakfast in the latest Herald Leader Reader's Choice Polling. It's seven years in a row that they've been number one. So... Come on out and join us at the Wild Eggs of Palomar. We'll be right back.
0: Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show.
1: We are back on our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report at the Wild Eggs of Palomar with former Wildcat QB Freddie Maggard and um, you know, I work with a former Kentucky player, Jeff McCormick. Uh, all you guys that, that played here, you just, you know, you, uh, you bleed blue and white. And so you uh, live and die with the, the results each week. So you're just as frustrated as fans are. I'm going to turn your mic up.
2: 100% frustrated, you know. Uh, that was tough. It was a tough loss. Um, you know, Georgia is, is a really good team. They're in the top four or five uh, for a reason. But uh, you know, I know I know uh, that folks want to talk about the pass offense, and we will get into that. But you know, Tom, I, I think uh, you know what I see from Kentucky is a superstar coordinator in Brad White and a defense that is playing absolutely lights out.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, you hold Georgia. You to, out a lot
1: of stats yesterday. Yeah, you
2: hold Georgia to 14 points. Uh, you know, at, at 346 total total yards. And, and that is something that this defense is just playing exceptionally well. Leads the country in interceptions. Phil Hoskins makes a contested catch on a batted
1: ball. Maybe the best catch of the year, Yeah, gets,
2: gets an interception. Kelvin Joseph is tied for the, the, the lead for interceptions in the nation. This Kentucky defense is ranked first in the SEC and nation in interceptions, third in the SEC in total offense, only giving up 355 yards a game. First in the SEC in pass defense, allowing 212 yards per game. And second in the SEC in scoring, only giving up 19 points a game. So the defense played more than good enough to win the football game for Kentucky or to give the Cats a chance to win. And and I just want to recognize what Brad White and, and, and those coaches are doing on that side of the ball because it reminds me a lot of the really good Jerry Claiborne defenses that bend but don't break opponents have had 12 in the last four games opponents have had 12 opportunities in a red zone and Kentucky's only given up four touchdowns out, out of those 12% or 12 uh, chances for 33%. So that is excellent defense that Kentucky's playing and, and it really started at the Mississippi State game and go through the Georgia game. This defense is playing as good as any any in the SEC.
1: Now switch to the offensive side and We'll start with just the downfield passing game. That's yeah. the main point of contention, I think, for all uh, most of the fans that uh, I hear comments from, see comments from. That yeah. that's the source of frustration. Uh, we saw a, a different quarterback on yeah. Saturday without a lot much, uh, without any greater success in the passing game. So, what are you seeing?
2: Uh, you know, it's tough. A lot of the short passes <coughs> were checkdowns from. Joey Gatewood to to run running backs, tight ends, receivers, whatever who, the pass catcher. Uh, I, I'm not seeing a whole lot of separation. back So checkdowns
1: in that they they were but, looking for a deeper yeah, shot. It wanted, wasn't open.
2: Kentucky wanted to take the deep shot, but but you gotta you gotta remember who you're playing now. Georgia safety Richard LeCount is first team All American. I mean, he, he is a first round draft pick safety for Georgia. He's back there. A uh, uh, scene is back there as a safety, and, and then you got Stokes at corner. Those are really, really good defensive backs, and a great one in Richard LeCount. So those guys, what, what I saw, Tom, is, is Kentucky's not threatening the safeties. Scene and LeCount were playing close to the line of scrimmage because there was very little threat of them getting beat deep. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they can play up and play against the run, and in the deep shots. They the, those two safeties can 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 provide help to the corners in that. So not a lot of opportunities downfield. I can see why Joy Gatewood checked down, but Kentucky averaged three point six yards per pass attempt and six point six point one yards per completion. Uh, that, that's just proof of, of Gatewood was fifteen out of twenty five, but not a lot of yards downfield. A lot of short passes, and I think that is the point of frustration for some
1: fans. And you, I don't know if you can tell this or not, in terms of are there sometimes, because people will uh, hear uh, former players will say, in an SEC game, the window is a lot smaller oh, than yeah. it was in a high school game, Absolutely. and so uh, you you can't wait for a guy to be wide open. Now, right. I think Andre Woodson, that core of receivers that he had—Stevie uh, Johnson, uh, Keenan Burton, Jacob Tammy, Dickie Lyons Jr. Mm-hmm. He threw; he had great faith in them, yeah. right? and just and it was justified. And they made—you know—he he would uh, you know, throw the ball into tight spots, confident that they would go get it. Yeah. If you're the Kentucky quarterback now. In fairness to the quarterbacks, I don't know that anybody's given you that, that confidence. I think of a great catch Ahmaud Wagner made against Florida mm-hmm. last year. Charles Walker caught everything. Uh, Lynn Bowden could, could get open yeah. and make contested catches. Um, you don't see anybody doing that.
2: No, I mean, you, you were joking earlier about Phil Hoskins. I mean, that, that that's really the only contested catch <laughs> that, that we've seen. And if you're a quarterback, I mean, you have to have confidence and faith that those pass catchers are going to make plays for you.
1: Yeah. That if I throw it into this tight window. They're going to get up and get it, okay? Or they'll make it incomplete.
2: Right. So so in the secondary, you talked about the tight windows. Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Missouri, pretty good. Yeah. But Georgia, the windows are even smaller. Yes. So if a quarterback is waiting on a receiver to be open, then you're not going to complete that pass. You have to throw the football Anticipating where and how that receiver is going to get open, and if there's little confidence that that players are going to make catches for you contested catches downfield, I can understand the fact that the quarterbacks are checking down just to get a completion, just trying to get something going.
1: And there is uh, the the reason quarter uh, coaches uh, love experience, particularly a quarterback, uh, is oh man, you saw some a couple of examples. There was yeah. one, I think. Um, Van Hiles, who will be with us later, pointed this out on his Twitter feed last night on Kentucky's second quarter scoring drive. They end up getting a field goal out of it. But there's a play where Georgia brings the house and Joey steps up into the pocket, which he was right to do, but then he immediately, just as he does that, he's looking to run. Looking to run, yeah. And his tight end has popped open, and right. it's a walk-in touchdown.
2: Yeah, I mean, he did miss that one. That's,
1: okay. an, that's an experience. The, yeah, yeah point that out on tape.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this in the show last week that Georgia – Anytime in certain situations down a distance and, and place on the field, Georgia was going to blitz that cornerback and did so and provided pressure for a sack. And then later in the game, the two safeties, LeCount and Seen, were, five, were two yards off the line of scrimmage and having a two-safety blitz and the outside linebackers are coming too. That's a situation through experience that Joey Gatewood could call timeout because sometimes the defense wins pre-snap and that that, that on that occasion the de- the defense have won that snap you can't you, you can't you don't have an answer there's for it. nothing for it call timeout and go because that was a critical third down
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's another experience yeah. point of like, okay, this is such an important play, yeah, uh, and and the play that we have called won't work yeah. by formation, so we've got to have a have a different plan.
2: Yeah, I mean, that Georgia defense is top five in the country for a reason. Absolutely. Kirby Smart's a great defensive coach.
1: We'll take a quick break, come back. Freddie Mangerts here. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report on location at the Wild Eggs in Palabar. we we'll be right back. We're back with uh, Freddie Maggard on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. Um, Kentucky has an open week coming up, and then they have uh, Vanderbilt, which should certainly on paper be a step down from that Georgia defense. So with the the combination of those two things, and particularly the open week, yeah. with the struggles they've had at receiver, is this a chance where you could get more reps for uh, Mike Drennan or Isaiah Cummings to see if... Some a couple of those freshmen at a position where you're struggling could help you.
2: Yeah, I would say that uh, th- this open week is going to be a little bit different than prior years' open weeks. Uh, uh, most times, you know, the bye week is to heal up, get some time off. And, but, uh, but I think with the offensive passing situation that Kentucky's going to uh, have to identify: is it scheme, personnel, uh, is it execution? And find an answer to that passing game, and, and, and you know, Mark Stoops. In my opinion, you know, in Kentucky football history, you got Bear Bryant, and in my opinion, you got Mark Stoops right there. So, uh, he uh, Stoops has done a tremendous job here at Kentucky, and, and I have faith that that he's going to going to remedy this in one way or the other. And um, uh, I think you know you got to see. Open competition at that wide receiver spot, you know, and then what about the health of, of Terry Wilson? Will he, will he be back? How's that going to play out? But somehow, some way, Kentucky's got to figure out a way to increase uh, not only the yards per attempt because again, again against Georgia, it was three point six yards per attempt, six point one yards per completion. That's got a, that's got to nearly double for Kentucky to have a chance to win games down the stretch here.
1: Uh, in the uh, social media age. Uh, that always generates conversation you had former wide receivers coach lamar thomas who uh tweeted out some thoughts and it, you know, if it's a player i would say stay off twitter i have no problem with you yeah. know he's a uh lamar's good guy and great player uh coached the position as well as played it so he tweeted out some thoughts and i know he and uh has been friendly with the staff it's not like he's got a cross to bear uh but um or grudge i should say but uh he suggested that they're you know spend too much time on blocking and not enough time working on getting on press press coverage i don't know if that's true nor do you but I, the point is i would think now in an open day you can look at everything yeah. do we need to to do that or is it personnel or is yeah. it scheme or you know do we need to change something up
2: absolutely and- yeah a big part of a, a bye week or an open week is self scouting and i think is going to do a lot of self scouting at the joe craft center and just try to find an answer or a fix on how to get the football downfield, uh, how to increase the yards per completion. I mean, you know, get get those safeties out of the box. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. And Kentucky's played against some good safeties. Uh, Mississippi State had two really good safeties in Peters and Preston, but Kentucky hasn't, nor will it face, better safeties than LeCount and Seen. Now, Alabama will present some challenges, but – uh, yeah, you got to threaten those saves. You've got to get them out of the box and somehow hit some shots.
1: And I look back at the 2016 uh, team, really, when this run started. Yeah. When you had uh, Jeff Bidette, mm-hmm. uh, you had Juice Johnson, you had C.J. Conrad, uh, you had Charles Walker. Uh, Kentucky uh, was fifth in the, in 2016. They were fifth in the league in passes for thirty twenty 20 or more yards, no, for thirty or more yards, they were number three in passes for forty or more yards. Yeah, um, with a strong running game. I wish it was kind of like the old Oakland Raiders. You know, run the ball and hit you deep on play action. That's not here now. They've got to find a way to get that back.
2: Yeah, they got to find a way. And, and is that personnel? I mean, does, yeah, does because Kentucky, the same coaches. Yeah, does Kentucky does have back the, then have the pass catchers that can beat those defenders, threaten those safeties, and get over the top? Uh, that's something that, you know, again, I, I think the wide receivers will have a, a lot of competition this week in the bye week going into Vanderbilt because that, that's certainly a game. You know, Georgia's not a get right game after Missouri. No. But Vanderbilt is a get right game after Georgia. Yeah. So we can get some of that figured out.
1: To get healthy, get right, and then try to make a run and uh, make it a, a positive finish to what's been a disappointing season to this point. We're halfway home. Van Hiles, another. Former cat will join us when we come right back. It's the Leach Report on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar.
0: This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Now I think we're going to put on the film and see some things where more reps, uh, more confidence, more comfort. I felt like some of those throws were there. I think with opportunity, with you know, with with playing some more, he's got to anticipate that and get the ball down the field.
1: Yeah. It was Mark Stoops after the game uh, talking about Joey Gatewood making his first start, not only at Kentucky but uh, his first start since his senior year of high school because he just had. a... Uh, and at Auburn a couple of years where he just uh, got a few snaps of action. So to have that little experience and that uh, length of time and to go up against that defense from Georgia, you have to think that uh, that which doesn't kill you, former quarterback Freddie Maggard, makes you stronger. And so it ought to make Joey Gatewood stronger.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought Joey did some good things, Tom, to be quite honest with you. Uh, he got the ball out quick, as we were talking about, on the screen game. Uh, he, he had some some runs that, he, you know, it could be cleaned up in the RPOs, and, and he'll look at that on film. But again, it was his first start and it was against one of the best, if not the best, defense in the country.
1: Let's bring on uh, Van Hiles on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline, former Kentucky DB. And if you follow him at uh, VStyles17 on Twitter, you get some uh, really interesting breakdowns of plays. Uh, I was looking at a couple of these that you were uh, posting uh, yesterday. Van, as uh, we uh, thank you for joining us. And there were, as you pointed out in some of your tweets, definitely some uh, missed opportunities there for Kentucky's offense.
3: Yes, and, and, and that's the issue with our, our offense is our margin for error is really small. And when we have an opportunity, we can't miss it. And we had a few in the game on Saturday, and, and it affected the outcome. I mean, the, the defense played pretty well. Um, pretty well for definitely a defensive head coach mindset, philosophies on both teams. So it was going to be this type of game. And we definitely had opportunities, the same way we had opportunities last year.
1: What did you think of how Gatewood played in his first start?
3: Uh, I I think he showed his rust. I, I think he wasn't completely comfortable and confident in everything. Um, there were some, some running lanes that I think we got spoiled by, by Lin Bowden last year with his, with his ability to, to read blocks and, and read lanes. And his passes were, were not bad. Um, but you can tell he wasn't totally confident. He was a little hesitant in the pocket.
2: Freddie? Uh, Van, this is Freddie. Hey, what are you seeing downfield uh, as, as a safety put yourself in a position of Richard LeCount or, or, or seen there from Georgia. What do you, what are you seeing from uh, uh, downfield from the UK pass catchers?
3: Ah, that's, that's a good one. I, I feel like huh, there's there's not a lot of confidence in the in our ability to get down the field and stretch the field. And one thing as a corner is the one fear that I have when I'm coming on game day is someone who uh, has the ability to blow the top off of coverage. If you can't do that, I'm sitting on everything. And that's the problem that, that we have right now is the inability to make corners fearful that we can uh, beat them over the top.
1: Yeah, I was uh, just referencing the, the 2016 team, uh, which was in Coach Grand's first year as the offensive coordinator with Coach Henshaw. They had Jeff Bidette and Juice Johnson Uh, hit a lot of big plays, or several big plays to those guys. And they had, I think that's what you're talking about, right?
3: Right, and and Freddie will tell you, and that's the thing about when you play on this level, is coaches are only going to call plays that his group can run on that weekend. So to me, it's obvious to me that Coach Grant isn't comfortable with calling certain, certain pass routes, certain route combinations, because these guys can't execute it consistently during the week. So, like you said, we have shown the ability. Steven Johnson, that was his game, was the deep ball. I mean, that's how we beat Louisville. So, it's and we showed it in 2018 against Louisville at their stadium with Terry Wilson. So, it's there. It's in the playbook. <laughs> Obviously, we don't have the players that can execute
2: that.
1: Yeah, they hit a couple of big deep throws in the winds over Florida and Missouri in twenty eighteen yeah, to Bowdoin. Right? Absolutely.
2: Van this Kentucky defense, um, you know, I think Brad White is a is an absolute rising superstar as a defensive coordinator. This Kentucky defense is first in the in the league and the nation in interceptions, third in the SEC in total defense, first in the SEC in pass defense, second in the SEC with scoring defense. Not a lot of sure pros on that defensive side of the football, what is Brad White doing so well schematically that's having success in the SEC?
3: I'm going to say this, and I'm I'm a player's guy. I I always believe this is a player's league when you get to this level, especially on the next level, is the players are executing. Um, I've said this many times before. It's not like, I mean, and you think about that. That scoring average counts that 40-plus point from Ole Miss. Let's think about that. So, the thing about it is we are executing the plays better. Our eye discipline has gotten a lot better and our gap and fence have gotten a lot better. We, we still have moments to me of lack of urgency sometimes, but as a whole, the defense is playing together as a team. No one is consistently trying to make plays that they're not supposed to make. You do your job and your teammates are supposed to make that play when the, when the ball doesn't come into your gap. We are, Really got responsible these last three games.
2: Jamin well, Davis is, is currently second in the league in tackles. Uh, he he's made tremendous strides. Talk about his game, Van.
3: What well, I'm gonna just say the uh, obviously he's athletic, and what I see from Jamin the from the Tennessee game on is his reading through the guards to the quarterback, not taking. Bad reads, bad steps, and great eye discipline on pass coverage. I've been saying this for the last two or three years. People get on the secondary for pass coverage, but a lot of pass coverage also includes the linebackers. Linebackers have to get deep drops, and him and Square have done a great job of getting depth on their drops, and that's why we're getting picks. Quarterbacks have to elevate the ball to get it over their head in front of safeties, and we're getting picks because of that.
2: As a former D.B., and put yourself in the eyes of an opponent here again. How tired would you be of coming up and having to tackle Chris Rodriguez? Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, the way, the way we
3: played it when we were playing two deep corner, hopefully I got him before he turned his shoulders up. Now, safeties, I, I wouldn't like that because obviously, if he gets past that second level, now it's a one on one tackle. But as a corner, Hopefully I can get to him before he turns up the field. He is a beast. The one thing I love about him is he reminds me. Everybody says he reminds me, reminds them of Benny. He reminds me of Mo. Uh, Mo never went backwards, ever. And that kid never goes backwards. Even if it's a one-yard game, he makes sure he gets his, his head and shoulders on the other side of the line of scrimmage, or at least forward.
1: He has a lot of impressive runs of one to five yards.
3: Yeah. Yes, and and that's Mo. I, if I know some fans are not that old as we are, but that was Mo. Mo never. He brought those shoulders, and he was only 185, 90 pounds. It was amazing the things that he did.
2: Van, I got I got one more for you here. Uh, Kentucky held Georgia to 346 total yards, uh, 56, 57 plays. The Cats only have one tackle for loss and zero quarterback sacks, so not a lot of negative yards there in giving up 346. Have you ever seen anything like that from a defense against a, a, a team that's top five in the country?
3: That that, that says a lot about the, the players and the leadership is we never gave up. We made big plays, too. Now, just think about it, That one drive probably was, what, 80, 70-some of those yards? And... After that, we pretty much held them pretty much stalemate except for the their other touchdown drive. We, we gave up two drives the whole game, and that was it. Those guys, that's what I, I keep saying, is we are consistently inconsistent. On those hey. two drives, we, we had opportunities to stop them, just like we had on the on Missouri 21-play drive. Sometimes we just don't do it on a key point, and that happened on Saturday. There was a, a couple plays where we could have – gotten uh georgia behind schedule and we just missed the tackle
1: we'll get you out on this one uh, van now that kentucky has this open date they they obviously know what their issue is in the passing game uh with their offense is it something that can be improved and at this point you know you 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 may only be looking for improvement you can't so much maybe fix it until you can uh, get to uh, an off season and uh you know, uh, recruiting and development. But within the season, what can they do? Is it something schematically? Is it something technique-wise they can work on with this extra time? Or is it uh, giving shots to younger guys, so a, so a personnel thing? Which do you think it's uh, the most of?
3: I think it's the latter. I, I think we have, as far as I know, I'm not a high school recruiting guru, but from all I've heard, we have a couple guys who are burners. And this extra week can give the coaches possibly some more confidence in them and being able to play on SEC Saturday. People understand the the greatest transitions from high school to college, not college to the pros. And some of those guys whom you see do well on high school Fridays doesn't necessarily translate to Saturday, especially in this conference. So hopefully they can show the coaches this next week that they are – Capable of doing it on SEC Saturday because we have, from what I heard, a couple guys on the on on that freshman redshirt freshman class that are burners, and we need to get them in the game. Even if they only can run, let's say five plays. Well, we run those five plays. We get them in the game because we got to get those those safeties and those corners a little bit fearful of someone going deep.
1: Van Hiles, uh, it's at V-Style 17 uh, for the, the breakdowns of plays, and also you and uh, Anthony White do a podcast. When does that air?
3: Tuesday and Thursdays, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: The Locker it's, with Anthony. It's, it's a good time. With Anthony and uh, Van. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. couple of new dishes they have here for the fall. Pumpkin pancakes. It was on the... Uh, chalkboard i saw as we came in also caramel apple mimosas and sangria here at the wild eggs of lexington we'll be right back All right, we're back with Freddie Maggard here. We're at the uh, Wild Eggs in Palomar, and let's get to a few questions. This one's from Cat's uh, Den. It says, the Kentucky offensive woes are simple. No receivers. Sad part is there will be negative recruiting against Kentucky uh, in that area. Um, they do have, I think it's four receivers committed, and they have, I think, signed four this latest class. So they kind of saw the need there. Uh, yeah. But uh, the important thing now is the four guys that are committed to hang on to them. And uh, obviously there's going to be, the, they're going to have to fight off some of the talk that will come because of how the offense is struggling right
2: yes yes and no um all the receivers that I've ever known don't lack in self-confidence let's put it that way so if you're seeing that and and, and you're you believe in yourself which most receivers do I see I, I can I can see that as an opportunity for me to come in and, and play and 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 play early so yeah I mean I see it that way
1: a follow-up tweet. I'm laughing at this one. Very disappointing season, and it's the coaches and players' fault. Well, who else would it be? <laughs> uh, I got nothing for that. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, let me get to another question uh, from Dave. Everyone wants to blame Eddie Grant. Can Freddie please explain how much the head coach is involved in play calling?
2: Offensively, I, I mean, I, I don't think very much. I mean, Eddie Grant is the offensive coordinator. Uh, that's his side of the football. And Mark Stoops places, places trust in, in Eddie Grant to call the plays.
1: You talk about it probably at the beginning of a week in developing a game plan. Maybe yeah. a head coach might say, "Look, we want to let's make sure we feed Rodriguez more or yeah. something like that." Yeah, absolutely. And then you I leave mean, it.
2: You, you have influence on it, but 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 then Eddie Grant is, is calling the plays. And and I also you know want to remind people: last year we were praising Eddie Grant, right? For, and the year before that we were praising Eddie Grant, so.
1: Uh, and in fairness, I, you were never talking about this before the show started, I thought they did some creative things with shifting and motion that yeah. that gave them an ability to run the ball well enough to have a chance to win.
2: Absolutely. Georgia was giving up 65 yards a game. Kentucky rushes for 138. But you also have to look at uh, Gatewood on the runs, was had 16 runs for 23 yards. So there were some negative plays there. So you take him out, the running backs, uh, uh ran the ball well against Georgia, especially Chris Rodriguez, 108 yards, 20 carries. Uh, I think I thought he played a good go- average four, 5.4 yards per carry against the Georgia defense. That was that is the best run defense in the country.
1: Yeah, uh, and um, and playing without having the best run defense in the country, without having to play with a lot of respect for the pass. It makes it exactly. even better.
2: Exactly, because Georgia was loading the box. And, you know, that's football 101 Opposing defenses are going to bring those safeties up. Corners are going to sit on routes until Kentucky can establish a vertical passing game.
1: Get to a break. We'll come back on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. <music> Dot .com We're back with our final segment of the Leach Report uh, on location here at the Wild Eggs in Palomar with our buddy Freddie Maggers. We do every Monday during the football season. Um, What was your uh, high school game this past week?
2: It was Belfry at Johnson Central. Oh, yeah, Battle of the Mountains. Yeah, Battle of the Mountains. Johnson Central won that one. And this week it is Covington Catholic at Lexington Catholic. Oh. So we're here in Lexington. and and CuffCath's been on a nice little roll. Yeah, Yeah. CuffCath is number one in 5A.
1: Speaking of Lexington Catholic, um, Mark Stoops has talked in glowing terms about the former Knights QB Bo Allen, son of one of your teammates, Bill Allen. Do you think that uh, in these last four games they they, – Make an effort to take a look at Bo with an eye towards the Possibility,
2: yes. I mean, I don't. I don't think it would have been a positive experience to throw a true freshman in against that Georgia defense.
1: And I'm not sure it would be a good time to do it on November 21st right. down in Alabama. Yeah,
2: but but I, I can see uh, Bo getting reps against Vanderbilt. Uh, Kentucky uh, should win that game and should win it. Convincingly, to be quite honest with you, and I could I could see Bo getting some reps there, and that'd be good for him just to get on the field.
1: And you um, you play you're playing to win games because yeah. I think it's important. You want to right now at this point, you're going to be a huge underdog against Alabama and Florida. You don't right. you know write off anything, but at on paper, it looks like it's the the uh, two and two would be your your best case scenario. If uh, and I think that would put you in a bowl game. And I know it's not going to generate the, you know, the excitement it would have under different circumstances, but from a standpoint of a looking long term at a program, those extra practices every year are important, and especially some of these young guys we're talking about.
2: Oh, absolutely! I mean, uh, the the bowl practices are what the bowl games are great for the fans, and it's fun and, and it's exciting. However, the practices are what the, the coaches want, uh, especially. With Kentucky has some young guys that can play I mean you see the defensive linemen rotating in now, mm-hmm. the, the defensive backs you got a lot so of young guys.
1: Josiah Hayes and Rogers on the nose some the other day?
2: Yeah and it would be good to get, uh, get, get a look at some of those young offensive linemen uh, because potentially Kentucky could lose four out of five starters up front.
1: Yeah and they uh, are not playing as many guys in that right. uh, O-line as uh, uh, John Schlarman typically has done yeah. which suggests that they don't have the trust in them yet
2: right right and they're, they're still developing yeah. you know offensive linemen are slow cookers man you got you got to develop them it takes a couple of years to get them in and rolling uh there are exceptions like a a canard mm-hmm. or landon young uh, drake i mean uh, those guys uh, you know they're they're exceptions to that but you like to get those offensive lines red, red linemen red shirt them get them stronger get them bigger and get them ready for, to face those sec defensive lines
1: well, Freddie, uh, enjoy uh, an, an off week uh, yes. for uh, the the cats. Uh, you can heal up, and uh, yeah, you know you can work on some things that you want to work on.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm working on uh, development. <laughs> Yeah. personal development personal development yeah <laughs> well good exactly. luck with that thanks Tom
1: <laughs> that's uh, Freddie Maggard with our uh, Shuffle Beat Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report um, couple of notes Danny Clark has opted out for the remainder of the season at Vandy he hadn't been playing but uh, the former Wildcat QB had transferred into Vandy but he's going to opt out for the remainder of the season and and uh, Rest in peace. Billy Tubbs, the former Oklahoma coach, passed over the weekend. He uh, played against coached against Kentucky one time. It was in March of 87. Brought a 12th-ranked Oklahoma team led by Harvey Grant into Rupp. But Kentucky beat him. Great game, too. 75-74. One of the all-time great nicknames. The Master Blaster. Richard Madison had a double-double. Oscar Combs tweeting out that box score earlier today. It's going to do it for uh, us. We will see you tomorrow Thanks on the Leach Report.
0: you are listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at... And- at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to LeachReports at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on the Leach Report.